morning, everybody. How are you all? It's good. Good to hear. Um, thank you, Simon, for in uh, inviting me to speak today. Um, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to share today what I believe God has placed in my heart for somebody here listening. Um, so over the past few weeks, Simon and Franz have introduced us to, to the idea of the spirit and the flesh. Um, so if you missed those uh, sermons and messages, I do encourage you to go back and listen to those uh, through the podcasts and whatnot. Um, but before we get into today's message, I'd just like to pray. So if you want to join me, uh, please feel free to bow your heads. Uh, dear God, I just thank you for today. Just thank you that we can come together and meet in this place, uh, in your home, God. Just thank you that we can come as we are. We don't need to be perfect. You don't call us to be perfect. Um, I just pray that uh, we come to, uh, to you today with open hearts and open minds, Lord. Just thank you uh, that we can come here and hear your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty. So... There's a show on TV that I used to really enjoy watching in my spare time. Don't get much of that nowadays, since a new dad, it seems like there's no time at all. Um, but there's a show called American Restoration. Has anyone heard of that? Yes, awesome. I'm glad that some people know it. I, I, I honestly think it's one of the really, uh, really cool shows. Um, anyway, so for those that don't know it, it's about this guy who runs a restoration business. And to get things like this, uh, he, would probably, he would receive things like old furniture, vintage cars, antiques, uh, things like this broken Coca-Cola vending machine. Um, I think it's about the 1950s, this one was. So it's pretty cool that they found that. But you can see there, there that there's panels missing, there's rust, uh, it's falling to pieces. Uh, the lettering is a bit uh, blurred, like it's, it's paint coming off and all that type of thing. Um, that have a lot of holes in it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I found it so interesting how he would take you through the process of exactly how he would fix that up. He'd show you exactly where, uh, where things need to go and how he would repair the paint. He would sandblast it. He would uh, panel beat it. He would bend it back, back into shape. Then he might get a specialist to come in and do the painting for it. Uh, it's all done by hand. And it's really cool to see that, that side of the story and, and how something so broken, um, so destroyed and, and, and uh, rusty can come out looking like brand new, like it was fresh off the uh, factory floor. After it was done, he would then res uh, reveal the restored product uh, to his clients. And, and it would turn into something like this. And it looks brand new. You know, it's got a new lid on it. It's got a little bottle opener on the side. You can see that the branding is all perfect again. And, it, I mean, it's pretty cool to have that. I think it would be pretty cool to have that, in, in, like, in your shed or something like that. It would be, be uh, pretty cool. So if anyone knows where I could get one, please let me know. <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking about how God is very much the same. We might not be the Coca-Cola fridge, but he restores us. So as we've been looking, begin to look into the fruits of the Spirit, I thought entitled today's message, a restorer. Because God is just that. He restores us. We come to him when we're broken, when we're bruised, when we've faced all these horrible things. But we come to him when we are excited, when all these wonderful things happen as well. But often, we call on God when we need that restoration. Um, 
I was thinking about how God restores us spiritually, bring us rest for our soul. And as we looked at the, spirit, the, the fruits of the Spirit, it, it identified exactly what they were and how God um, used those, those fruits for us and, 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 and all of that. But I want to look at the soul. We're reminded that in 1 Peter 5.7, to give all our worries and cares to God, because he cares about you. He cares about all of us, not just the people there at the time or the people that were at, the, at his crucifixion or any of that. He was there and he cares for all of us now and always will. So that's one thing. He tells us that uh, to, to go speak to him and go see him and, and, rest- and, and give him all our worries. It's not a matter of sharing our worries and saying, oh God, I've had a really horrible day. You know, my colleague's been really annoying. He stole my pen again. Can't find it. I put my notebook on my desk, but, you know, my boss moved it. I can't find it. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, things like that. So we share that. But he wants us to give it and pass it on to him. So we, we relieve that control from us over to God. But what does it actually look like for our soul? What does it mean? So I was thinking about a soul, and the Bible tells us that we have a spirit, a soul, and a body. It breaks up into three elements, essentially, of, of what our, our beings are made up of. So each, so each of these parts have their own specific purpose, but the soul is really the part of us that thinks, chooses, and feels. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. So at one point or another, we can become anxious. You know, anxious of what might happen. Um, we might be expecting some news, and, and we might be hoping that it's good news. So we get uh, anxious on that, or we might not know how to do something. So we're anxious on how it might go. I come up here today thinking, okay, I'm a bit anxious, a bit nervous. I know God's got this, and I know that God's going to speak, but you know, standing in front of crowded people, a very full church today, which is awesome, makes me very nervous. <laughs> um, it makes me anxious. You know, we, we grow weary, tired. Uh, again, I felt that a bit tired. Uh, a few sleepless nights. Um, or we might feel scared, uncertain of what might, might come. Unknown, uh, scared of the unknown. Or we become angry, jealous, perhaps revengeful, uh, where we feel like oh, they've wronged me, so I want to get back at that person but it doesn't achieve anything for us or that person. So we spend this fuel which we don't have. We spend this energy. Um, and, you know, if we sit there and, and try and plot and, and sit there with a grudge on, on these people and, and be like, uh, you know, they, they, they did something really mean to me, so I'm going to steal their thing or I'm going to hide their, their notebook next time they come into work or something like that. It's not productive. But these things wear us down. It takes from us more and more each time. It doesn't give us anything. It doesn't prove to be productive or, or provide us energy, anything like that. So how do we respond to these things? How do we respond to the things that bring us uncertainty? Pain or the loss? The loss of a loved one? Or pain of, uh, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain? You know, if it's relationships breaking apart, if it's, uh, you know, moving away to a new, new place, a new city, unknowns, 
all those features, all those things, aspects, they come back into mind. We can choose to let that feed us. Or we can choose to be better than that. Are we adding rust? Adding rust to the broken pieces? Taking more panels off what needs to be fixed? Or are we removing rust? Repainting? Turning into something spectacular? So we can't do that on our own. We need God's help to restore us to something like this. You know, in the show, it was quite interesting too because um, Rick was his name. He would add his own little features, his own little touch to it. He goes, uh, back in 1950-whatever, 1952, the Coca-Cola machines would have the bottle opener. But when it came to me, it didn't have that. So I might add that to it. Or I like chrome accents, so I'll add a bit more chrome to it. God does the same thing. He rebuilds us. He molds us. But he adds more and more to us too. He builds us. He gives us strength. He makes us wise. And he introduces us to people also. We can surround ourselves to, to be more uh, around people with, with the right attitude, with the right fruits of the Spirit, with the right mind. The more you feed yourself with those aspects the healthier you become, the more restored you can be. So one story for me that really got me was uh, back when, uh, leading up to Henry's birth. So Henry's about eight and a half months old now, uh, almost nine months old. So that's, that's just crazy in itself. But I can tell you, leading up to the birth of Henry, I was totally, totally letting anxiety take control. You know, there was complications. There was, uh, it was 29 hours into labor with Caitlin, and, and you know, I was sitting there in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the hospital room with her, and I was pacing back and forth, and I'm like, what do I do? How can I help? You know, you feel very hopeless. You know, you've got the nurses there. You've got the midwives there. They're doing their thing. They're monitoring everything that they can. They might be giving Caitlin some... Um, you know, pain medication to help her feel more comfortable. But there's very little to what I could actually do, you know, besides, you know, one thing I did learn, make sure you keep the, the ice and water levels up. There's one good piece of advice I got, and that seemed to help too. So I had my part. But it came to a point where it was 29 hours in, and the doctor's like, okay, we need to go for an emergency C-section. So... They were prepping Caitlin up. They got me dressed in uh, gowns and you know the, the clean uh, clothing and all that type of stuff. And they took us both to the operating theatre. I was in that first little waiting room where they take you in and they uh, normally give the patients you know any medication, give them the oxygen, set them all up. I was in that little room, but they wheeled Caitlin straight into the main operating theatre. I had no idea what was going on. I was anxious, I was scared, uncertain of the unknown. But I was really letting that anxiety take control. Uh, I was waiting for the doctors, but I still didn't hear anything about what was going on. But the only thing that I felt like I could truly change and take control over was diving into the Bible. It was the best thing that I did. I focused on the promises and the character of God, praying, because that's the only thing that I knew I could do. I couldn't run into the operating theater and say, okay, um, I'm here to help. Where's oxygen mask? 
Yeah, let me get this. Here, Caitlin, let me set this up for you. Oh, you need the, the tools? Okay, let me go get that. I'll go get the, the, the uh, tools, whatever you need. I can't really do that. So I, I prayed. But if we look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all, thank him for all he has done. And in, in that sentence, there it's it's the thought of uh, thanking him for all he has done. It's the expectancy of what God will do, and thanking him for what he has done in the past. We know this because he is faithful. He is always faithful. He goes through the Bible, and he he keeps his promises. He tells these people that I will be there, I will fulfill this, I will do this, and he does that. So it tells us to be thankful for all that he has done in our lives and pray with expectancy, trusting that God will follow through. Only then will you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm reading from the New Living Translation too, by the way. As we continue on, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So I didn't realise this at the time, but when I was praying, these things came to mind. I don't remember reading this verse, but these elements kept popping into my head. It's like, Josh, trust me, I got this. You know, when I was sitting in that waiting room with no word of, of what was ha- happening to Caitlin and she was in the, in the operating theatre, I was like, all right, well, all I know is that God is faithful. I can trust him to focus on his good character. So in that space, I was reminded that God is a shepherd, but not just any shepherd, as all shepherds are, you know, they're there to guide and lead and and protect their herd. But God is a great shepherd. Opening up to Psalm 23, David says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. All that I need. You know, the shepherd provides for us. God provides for us. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I want to focus on that. He leads me beside peaceful streams. You think about when you're feeling stressed or when you want to step away from things. You you plan a holiday. You go to the beach. You go to a nice, you know, uh, retreat somewhere. Uh, You might go for a walk in the afternoon you find calm places, go to the park, go to a local lake, whatever it is. We're drawn to that. We're removed from all the distractions and, and the fuel that, that can fill out our soul and mind of the negativities. You know, I was letting anxiety come in and, and let that fuel me when I was in, in the operating theater and I was, I was stressed and I was letting that feed me more and more. Self-doubt started to come in. I was thinking, maybe I'm not going to be a good dad. 
you know, this is harder than it looks. You know, I, I've got a disability, how's that going to affect me with, with bringing up my boy? All these things come into mind. It's not, it's not that they should be ignored, but they need to be focused in the right way. So it continues in Psalm 23. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths. Bring honour to his name. See, the more we dive into the word of God, the more we lean into God, we inherently fuel ourselves with, with the, the right fuel, the right energy. It's the, the, the truth and the promises of Christ. We, we sung it in our song previously. It's, you know, we, we praise his name. Um, even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Here, this one's really interesting, verse 4. I highlight it by itself. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. See, for me, that, that hits me, because it's like, well, in my darkest time, when I'm really stressed, when I'm really worried about what's going to happen, I didn't know what was happening in the operating theatre. Even in my darkest moments, when I might have doubts, when my, my faith might be uh, being tested, it's just to still not be afraid to praise him. For your rod and your stuff protect and comfort me. So God's there for us. He's our advocate. You know, whether it's through uh, worries of health, if it's us dealing with anger, uh, our annoying colleagues, whether it's stress, finances, falling short of the glory of God even, we know that we can rely on God to be there for us. And it's all good and well to say, uh, you're going through something hard, and it's like, oh, I understand, Josh, it's okay, you'll get through it, it's okay, don't worry. It's pretty shallow. It doesn't help you. But when you dive into the word, focus on the promises and the truth of what God says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. He's there with us. He was in the operating theater with me. He was sitting next to me saying, Josh, it's okay. I've got you back. I've got Cameron's back. I've got Henry's back. And thankfully, everything was okay. Um... And I truly believe that God had his hand in that, in that space, even if it was just to comfort me. If everything was going okay, it was more to comfort me. Further on, in Psalm 138, verse 7 to 8, it says again, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You see, this theme is common throughout the whole Bible. I know we're focusing on Psalm, on the Psalms, but though I walk in the midst of trouble, even though I'm going through all these hard things, things that other people might not understand, um, God, He's there. You preserve, He preserves our lives. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. So God explicitly calls us to give him our worries. Not just to share them, because that's what we often do. We share them and say, oh God, 
here's what's worrying me, but I'm still going to hold on to it because I want to control it. Because I'm scared of what might happen if I give you the control or if what will happen if I let go of control. But God calls us to consult with him. Sit down with a friend, with a father. Say, look, God, I'm really struggling with this. I need your help. So, all right, Josh, give me your worry. Now let me restore you. Let me take you to the right people. Take you to the right spaces that you need to be. You know, it might be that Sunday at church, Simon preaches exactly what I need to hear. It might be, all right, Josh, I'm going to get your friends to... Um, you know, invite you over for a coffee might be just what I need even if it's just community God works in those ways uh, you know these anxieties that we, we hold on to with such grip we don't give our loving God the chance to actually deal with, with it or actually work with us and on us so just like that, that coke vending machine he restores us but actually builds us and molds us as well yeah, he makes us perfect. He makes us whole. He replaces the broken panels. He takes off the rust. And he adds little pieces to us. So, all right, Josh, you've gone through this, but you've become more wise as well. You know what's going to happen. You know um, that I've got you back. You, you've learned things along the way, just like this. So our soul requires fuel, energy, food, just like our bodies physically do. You know, we can feed ourselves with healthy food, like uh, fruit, veggies. I had to think about that. I'm like, what's healthy? I really have a bad diet. If, you, if, you, if I had to think about it, it's, probably, it's, it's not good. Um, water. Water. You know, probably, I still haven't had much water this year, so um, I, I need to keep that up. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so we can fuel ourselves with, with good food or bad foods, junk foods. And if we keep filling ourselves with bad food, then we're just going to feel bad. And we're just going to feel gross and unhealthy and it's not a good place to be in. But just as we need fuel for our physical bodies, when we become thirsty, it's our body telling us that we need to be replenished. I like this example because Jesus uses this when he's speaking to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse 14. But those who, who drink the water I will give... Uh, will never be thirsty again. See, when we become thirsty, our body is like, Josh, you've used up all your resources, you've used up all your energy, and you need to be replenished. I'm quite thirsty now, just because I think it's the nerves again. It's just stepping back in. Um, but it's our body's way of telling us that we need to be replenished. But when we go to Christ, when we go to God and Jesus and seeking his provision, we will never be thirsty again. It tells us we'll never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within, within us, giving us eternal life. It's a sustaining fuel. It doesn't, um, it's not a short-lasting energy boost, and then we, uh, we you know, need again again uh, refueling. As long as we stay within the word and God's promises, it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, within us, giving us eternal life. So we can keep filling our soul with unclean fuel, like these things, anger, jealousy, hatred, or worry. Or we can fuel our soul with things like that of the fruit of the Spirit, 
leaning into that of the promises of Christ and his desires to renew us, to energize us, to restore us. So as we enter into the week, I just encourage you guys to, to think about where, where God is fueling you. What are ways that we can uh, give our worries over to Christ? Um, I, I encourage you that if you need prayer, if you need support, then seek it out. For us guys especially too, it's hard for guys to open up and be a bit honest and say, you know what, I've had a really rough week and this is why. You know, you often um, hear people say, yeah, I'm good, being busy, but I'm good. But it's a pretty shallow answer. We know deep down that we've probably got things that are troubling us. We don't like to tell people, people about it. But if we're not ready to tell people about it, at least give it to God. So, again, I encourage you, lean into the promises of Christ and remember his desires to renew us and to energize us and restore us. So as we wrap up today, I'd just like to close in prayer. So if you'd like to join me. Dear Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you that you love us. I just thank you that you are there for us. In the midst of troubles, of worries, within our anxieties, we know that we can trust you, that you are there, Lord. I just thank you that we can come to you in our broken estate, with parts missing, with rust, with, with bruises, with holes in our, in our bodies, Lord. I just thank you that we can come to you, that you are faithful, that you are there for us, that you do restore us, that you mould us, that you support us, God. We know this because of your promises in the word of, of, of the Bible, Lord. I just thank you that, that you are true and that the word is true. Let's pray that as we come to you, God, that you open our hearts and our minds, you know, encourage us to speak into the areas uh, and trust you with the heart and parts of our hearts that, that we need help with, Lord. Let's encourage um, us that, that we, we seek you in that way, Lord. Jesus, as we come uh, to you, God, I just pray for your comfort and your peace. And anything that might be worrying us, Lord, I just uh, pray that we give that to you, Lord. And thank you that you have your loving hand over that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.